Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lights, Cameras, Boom, Next Stop Hollywood, where a variety of industry professionals in entertainment invite us to share their expertise and experience of working and finding success in Hollywood. I'm your host, Louis Lindau. Ever since reality TV's emergence as a distinct genre in the early 1990s, it has become a cultural stronghold in the United States of America and all around the world. Popular, long-lasting shows like Survivor have given the genre global prominence, cultivating a tremendous following of loyal, diehard fans. Reality stars are typically chosen out of a pool of thousands of prospects, casted by showrunners looking for candidates who possess unique qualities most likely to entertain and inspire their audience. Two of those stars are with us today. Ryan Medrano and Gio Bustamante were cast members on Survivor 43. They were part of the same tribe and quickly became allies, joining forces and strategizing ways to win the physically and mentally challenging competition. They join us today to talk about what it took them to be on the show, adversities they had to overcome, the challenges of competing, the importance of diversity in the industry, and what life is like after the cameras stop rolling. Gio, Ryan, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Louis. Thank you for having us here. <laughs> it's an honor. <laughs> so tell me, what does it feel like to be a reality star? <laughs> well, a star, I think it's a it's a big word for me. Um, but I think that um, the we kind of like get a taste, a little taste of what celebrities feel like in the world when you do a reality show because you have 8 million people uh, watching you on TV and then you get so many, it's like an overwhelming, um, roller coaster of emotions. Cause you get people that love you, people that hate you, people that love to hate you. And, and, um, <laughs> and, that, and, and, and that's what a lot of celebrities have to deal with on the daily basis. Like I have a whole new level of respect for people that are in the entertainment in industry or in the entertainment world, because it's something that we have to go through as well. What we were doing the show. How about you, Ryan? Um, I definitely did not expect as much. Um, first, positivity. I got a lot of positive feedback from the through palsy community, from the athletic community, from African-American community. Um, and to this day, I still get every other day as somebody in my inbox saying, thank you so much. I started watching you from Brazil. I started watching you from Chile. And it's you're inspiring. And, and that feeling of, reaching somebody from the screen is unreal and to this day when i start a new job I'm like interesting fact i'm like um i was a survivor and people are like (laughs) (laughs) it's cool when you get somebody genuinely surprised like i walked into the break room this guy looks at me goes i just saw you on tv (laughs) yeah that's that's me he goes i I just saw you on tv i was like yeah that's me he goes Dude, my name is uh, Guillermo. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's cool to taste that, but it's also cool, in my opinion, to give an, a regular everyday person like ourselves, because we are regular everyday people, but allow them to know that we are down to earth. We are like everybody else. Um, so definitely a, an awesome experience. All right, let's take it to, to the beginning. Uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Where did you grow up? Uh, where's your family from? So on and so forth. Um, I can go first if you'd like. I grew up all over. My dad's military. Um, luckily, I got that experience to experience other cultures, other um, – and my brain's not working. Uh, 
other places in America that are, are different, like I said, cultures, but also um, environments and get to see other walks of life. Um, we started in Georgia, then we moved to Missouri. From Missouri, we went to Alaska, uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, and then we moved to El Paso. I've been in El Paso for 12 years. Um, I was the middle child growing up. I got bullied a lot because um, my mild cerebral palsy, I was born three months early. So if you've seen the show, you know, I have mild cerebral palsy and it kind of made me very clumsy. It made me a little bit slower. So I was an easy target for people who were like, oh, let's find somebody to pick on. Um, that was really hard for me until about fourth, fifth grade when I really became an individual and learned that becoming myself and really stepping into my own shoes helps to deter that type of um, behavior from others and also brings people that you want around you and to help lift you up and really brings out your individual and your diverse qualities. And being able to hone that, being able to find my mold in a way and let people around me shape me in a positive manner and push me forward really help get that stepping stone all the way to the day that I applied for Survivor. Amazing. Nice. For me, um, well, I, I was kind of the opposite of, uh, than Ryan because um, I grew up in the streets, well, in the hood in Miami, um, uh, in a little, well, I started off with my parents in a little town called Liberty City, then we moved to Little Haiti eventually, <laughs> but um, but it, we, we never really had a lot of money or anything like that, um, uh, but I, I was originally born in Peru. Um, and migrated to Miami when I was eight years old. Um, for me, it was, like I said, it was a little the opposite than Ryan because I actually became a military spouse when I grew up, when I became an adult. And then I got a chance to travel outside of Miami and go to different places and experience different cultures and meet, meet different types of people. Um, one thing that Ryan and I have that are very similar is the the challenges that we kind of had to face in life with being bullied. Um, I'm a very short guy. Um, I have an accent. Um, I, I'm gay. And there's all those little things that kind of like survivor terms puts, us, puts a target on our backs uh, or on my back <laughs> for people to pick on and say, okay, look at this little gay guy or look, he has an accent. He has no how to talk or anything like that. So for me, um, that, that was a challenge itself for me to have to face on a daily basis and a challenge that I had to overcome. Um, and I had to learn how to accept myself and love myself because I was afraid for people to hear me talk. I didn't want people to hear me talk. I, I was afraid of, I didn't want to, I didn't, I was a small guy my whole life. So I didn't want to go to the gym and work out and have people look at me and make fun of me because I couldn't lift certain things. Um, so I was always living in fear, um, but watching Survivor, um, and seeing so many people that were di different. That's why I always tell people representation matters because watching people that were like me, like small people, gay people, people with accents on a, a, such a big reality show uh, kind of like made me believe that, you know, like, hey, you know what? Maybe I could be some, I could be on TV too. I could be on a reality show as well, just like all of these people that are there. And maybe I can represent people like me so somebody else can watch me and and and, and feel like, you know, if you can do it, you're little Gio from the hood. If he, little Gio from the hood can do it, you can do it too. <laughs> you know, so that that's, yes, sir. that's pretty much my little life. <laughs> So both of you had have had have had to overcome um, adversity um, and starting early, from what I understand. Um, Gio, I understand that for some time you were homeless and rejected by your family for coming out as gay. 
Uh, Ryan, um, as you mentioned, you were born three months early um, and suffered um, a mild cerebral palsy. Um, and they even told that the doctors even said that you may never even walk again. Um, how did you guys overcome that adversity? And how how did that how did that overcome? Um, sorry, how did that uh, shape the person you are today? We could start with you, Gio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, life hasn't been easy, but I think that a lot of people go through things in life. We all have our own challenges and our own paths that we have to walk in life. Um, and yeah, I when I came out to my parents, I got kicked out of the house. I went through a homeless stage in my life where I had to sleep in a bus stop, on, on a bus stop or inside of the bus, um, shower at work and try to figure out. I was a survivor in life, basically. Um, um, but I, one thing that I had was that I never, I never gave up. Uh, I, I kept on pushing. I had dreams that I wanted to accomplish. And um, the last thing I wanted to do was prove people right. People that didn't believe in me, people that felt that I couldn't make it in life because of who I was, because I was gay. People that said, people are going to laugh at you. My parents said, people are going to laugh at you. People are going to judge you. Nobody's going to want to be your friend because you're a homosexual. That right there kind of like gave me the, 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 the drive to want to prove them wrong. And, and I, didn't wanna, I didn't want them to be right. I want them to see that someone like me can become successful. And that's one thing that I always reminded myself it, it, it didn't matter how many times I fell on my face and how many times I didn't have anything to eat. I wanted to push myself to be better and to change that. I, I wanted to write my own future and I let other people or society dictate what my outcome was going to become. So that's, that kinda, that's how I kind of overcame my, my obstacles in life. Ryan? Um, so first I'd like to touch on the fact that similar to how we grew up Gio and I are not polar opposites but opposites attract that's why we we're, we're both driven and we're both um uh, uh, goal oriented in the fact of proving people wrong and and showing somebody up and one-stepping somebody so uh I I think that's really why we bonded so well because we saw that drive and that that real grit in each other um but I luckily since my my uh, adversity really started super early on. Like Ten months, they're like, "Yeah, he's he's not gonna walk. He's 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 got some problems with his brain. He has fluid on the cerebellum. Um, a, he basically doesn't know he has ankles at his baby stage." Um, luckily, I had a mother that was like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, no, we're that's not what we're doing. We're, we're taking him to therapy." So for four years, I went to therapy once or twice a week, two hours each session, and. They would have to massage my body just to get me from going from a board straight as a baby to be able to move my legs and things like that. So it was that progression of having that family around me and that person in my life to support me until I could really drive myself and understand what was wrong with me um, that allowed me to really appreciate the fact that if she wasn't there, if I didn't have those physical therapists, if there wasn't a doctor that took a second and said, hey, there's something wrong with this child. He's, he's, we need to figure it out rather than just pass me off as another baby that's a little bit odd. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't be walking. I wouldn't be running in the Paralympic or para track and field. Um, I would have never been on Survivor. I would have been stuck in a wheelchair. So it was the observance and the care and the love from the people around me to give me that fighting chance 
that drives me every time I go to achieve a goal. It feels like there's a warm hand on my back from every person that's ever helped me. That's how I feel. So I've always felt. And it's those type of experiences that have helped bring me up and really push me to go, yeah, I, I might have never been able to, never was supposed to be able to walk, but I'm going to show you I can sit here and power clean 225 pounds. I'm going to sit here and, you know, be the first one down at the fish line, finish line, first one into the jungle on episode one. Um, <laughs> and that was the last one. <laughs> but we became best friends, brothers. We're the so complete opposite. Does... You were the first one and I was the last one. <laughs> but we still have that same drive and grit, just in different areas. We're all special and we're all unique in our own way. So it, like I said, it was that, that um, care that people gave me early on that lets me go, yeah, I can have a lazy day or I can respect the effort that somebody else put and the time that somebody else put to allow me to have the life I have today and really seize the day. Let's talk about Survivor a little bit. Uh, you two were casted on the show's 43rd season. Um, how did you get on the show? What, what was the audition process like? We could start with you, Ryan. Um, so... Real quick, the first time I ever applied, my girlfriend is obsessed. Every every night, what do you want to watch? Um, Survivor. And I would go because I, I like challenges. I like surviving outside. Like I lived in Alaska. I like lifting. I like competing. I've always competed. I went, I can do that. I can do that. She goes, apply. First time I applied, I got a uh, casting agency that was like, oh, yeah, pay us $360 and we'll get you on Survivor. Almost the exact website. So a year later, season 41 comes out and it's 26 days. And I'm like, not eating? That's easy. Like I've been through situations in my life where I'm surviving on a, a scoop of protein a day. Like I cannot eat and do these challenges. So I applied in this backyard where I'm at now. Um, I have some gym equipment. I set a tripod up and uh, my brother Jordan was out there with me. Didn't say a word during my, my video. He's just like... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because the, the casting producer was like yeah, i want to hear more about your brother too like he had good energy but he didn't say a word and um i was just very energetic i was myself i really put my own spin on it i said hey we're back here at survivor boot camp i'm you know training so i can get in there do some amazing things and the challenges show people what i'm about and it was that energy and that vibe that i had that you know I'm over here. I have my brother next to me, silent but energetic. And I myself had a lot of energy, and I, I look, I'm mixed. I'm, I look, I'm not black, but I'm not white. You know, I actually did ancestry. <laughs> I'm part Nigerian. I'm part Scottish. I'm part English. I'm all types of it's stuff. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mutt. So they see me, and they're like, that's an opportunity. And with my energy, and then they found out my story of my cerebral palsy. That really is what drove. Like they were like, he is already good to be on the show, but now we have this nugget of inspiration for all types of people with his disability that we can use to help, you know, boost the show. And the fact that I got to be the first castaway on the season to speak after after Jeff was a big impact to a lot of people with cerebral palsy. I had people reaching out, mothers saying, hey, I was in the kitchen cooking, and all of a sudden my daughter with CP yells, mom, the first person to talk about Survivor has CP. And I was like, my heart, oh my God. So it was that 
experience my life, my diversity, my adversity, my energy, and my me as a person that really helped me yeah. to create the, the person they wanted to see and a person that you could relate to on the screen. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my experience on Survivor, for me, um, when I apply for the show, well, first of all, Louis, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, hey, will you ever do a show or any type of TV show or any type of be exposed to the world to see me, I would have told you, hell no, I, I would never <laughs> do anything like that. Because like I said, I hated my accent. I hated my so many things about all my insecurities in my head and everything. Um, but, you know, COVID hit and I was like, you know what? Uh, I ended up watching every single season of Survivor and every single episode. And I said, you know what? Um, there's people with accents in there. There's people with small people, short people. And I said, and, you know, this is the perfect opportunity for me. I mean, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? I love the show. Uh, but at the same time, I consider myself like, you know, going through hell and back in life. I consider myself somewhat a person that survived uh, being homeless, survived so many things in life, depression, um, so, so I said, I'm going to push myself and go and do it and, and decided to make a little video. And one funny thing about it is that when I was making my video, I was using my professional voice, the voice that everybody uses when they want to apply for a job or, or they want to <laughs> do something professional. And I was over here like, so my name is Percy Giovanni Bustamante. <laughs> but then I realized that whenever I stopped recording, whenever I stopped recording, I started being who I was myself and I was just, but I realized that I was letting all the funny out of the video or everything that represented who I was, my little clumsiness, my, my, my accent, my mispronounced words. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Alternator? <laughs> Sorry, that was an inside joke, my bad. <laughs> so I'll, we'll talk about that later, but, um, I'm so sorry about that. So all my mispronounced words. So I was like, you know what? Um, I, I can't let, that's who I am. Like just doing the video alone, just casting for the show, it allowed me to take a very good look at myself and, and realize that this is who I am. This is what makes me me. This is what makes me unique. And this is my superpower. This is what people are going to see. I'm representing a group of people in the world that are just like me and we exist. So why not just be myself and Believe it or not, I deleted everything that I did initially for the casting uh, video and ended up doing uh, a video of just me being clumsy and they loved it. They, the, I got a message a few days later from one of the producers telling me, oh my gosh, you are so funny. You're just standing there talking and it's so funny. And I was like, are you, are you guys laughing at me or are you guys... <laughs> the way you use your hands when you speak you know but this is a miami thing i think <laughs> but you know so it, and and um they loved it so so that's what got me on the show and and i know like i was gonna go in with all my insecurities but i you know i had to challenge myself and like again it's my favorite reality show and um I told myself, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? So stop being scared. Just go for it. And I went for it. And boom, first time trying, I made it to Survivor Season 43. That's the alternate. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking, speaking of which, um, one thing that sets Survivor apart from other shows, uh, especially at the time that it started, was its ability to find and cast people of all types of ethnic and social backgrounds. So... For you, and you've mentioned it, how important is 
diversity in show in, in big shows like this and in the industry in general? And how does it feel to be able to have a platform where you could represent your culture? Could start with you, Ryan. <laughs> um, diversity, especially being somebody of so many diverse cultures within, but also um, growing up battling who I was, um, being raised by an, a Caucasian mother and a Dominican man, but also having African-American blood and trying to figure out where I fit, not only in school, but sometimes in Alaska, I'm one of two black kids in the whole school. It was wow. cool to see, yeah, cool to see uh, this show where millions of people are people are watching, and they got all types of people on there. They got short people, like you said, short people, tall people, real big people, uh, people that can barely swim, but they're on an island episode. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. They have. I love the fact that they are all ages. They have yeah. all ages. Like it includes everybody, and that felt like something when I was watching was like, no matter who you are. Even if you're Sandra tripping over this little beach and falling on your face, and you she can won do twice. it. Come on, so tell people that all the time. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because when we were watching it, the first time I said, I can't do this, we saw that happen. And my girlfriend goes, You better not be like her. And now I want to be like Sandra because she won twice. So I was, yeah. I, it's definitely something that is fantastic that they take the time every year. Every season, they take the time to find not only diverse people, but people that will work together, put in that social situation to create more experiences, wow. to fall in love with not just drama, but to <laughs> fall in love or to build that personable experience to somebody on the other side of the screen so that they're like, hey, I can do this too. At one point, somebody was on this show, Geo, that you saw and go, they're on there, I can be on there. And the same thing was for me. So they really do a good job at basically finding the cast that they need to apply by casting the right people to draw in more people. So I think they're fantastic. Dio? Yeah, and, and, and just, uh, just adding a little bit more on what he said, um, they do a really good job casting people, uh, getting diverse people, but that's a now thing because it wasn't always like that. And it wasn't always like that in all, like all television across every, even in other countries right now, like you see, for the most part, you will see white people on TV, so prettier looking people on TV and people that don't look as pretty, they will not be on TV, but on Survivor, like, you know, I get to, to be on TV, <laughs> you know, and I'm not the most beautiful person out there, but, <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't always like that. As people on Survivor, they used to cast specifically, a lot of people were really good looking and, and, and physically strong. Um, but now like, like towards the end, um, you know, seeing Ty uh, from Survivor, he was on Survivor for so many seasons. He's shorter than me and he has a thicker accent than me. And, um and, and he was the most beautiful. He's a legend, a survivor legend, in my opinion. So seeing people like that makes a difference. Um, representation matters when you see people um, that you can look up to and say, you know what, I could, I could be that person too. Not just on TV, but also in companies and corporations, in the military, seeing uh, brown-skinned people that are all the way up there, uh, kind of or LGBT people 
uh, that are all the way up there kind of gives hope to other people, other young LGBT people, or other brown people to know that, hey, you know what? I, if I make it to the military just because I'm gay doesn't mean that people are going to judge me and, and kick me out or, or discriminate me. Um, you know, I can also be a leader and I can also make it all the way up there. And I think that's the beautiful thing about Survivor that I, I appreciate and I love. And I'm, I hope they continue doing this because the, the getting a diverse team because it, it it's it's we're a melting the world is a melting pot and everybody is beautiful regardless of where you come from if you're short tall um skinny or you have an accent or not what is next for ryan madrano and Gio bustamante ryan talk to us well first i need to get this light on me so you can see me because i am dark <laughs> give me a second i'm gonna steal this i'll be right yes it's gonna be like campfire. Start with Gio. We can start with Gio. My baby's outside. <laughs> my baby's okay. inside, so um, I didn't want him crying. Okay, Go so ahead, for Gio. for for me, well, you know, I'm a, again, I'm a military spouse, so we always having to move all over the place. Um, and I want to get back into my marketing uh, career, uh, my digital media marketing career. Um, but one thing that I I've gotten from Survivor, which has been awesome for me, an amazing experience for me. Uh, like Ryan mentioned earlier, is the amount of support that you get from people from all over the world, uh, people that, that get to uh, watch you on TV and then and you get to inspire. Uh, I always told myself, even before going to Survivor, I didn't think of it as uh, becoming a celebrity or becoming a star or, or being an influencer. I thought of it as, if I ever get any type of platform, I wanna use it for a good reason. Uh, I want to use it for a good cause and I want to help people and motivate people and influence people to, to be happy, to be, to be mentally strong um, and never give up, never give up on anything they want to do. Uh, I want, I want to inspire people to em embrace themselves, uh, embrace their imperfections because your imperfection is your superpower. And that's, what's going to get you where you want to, where you want to be if you embrace who you are. Um, so yeah, I, I want to continue doing more good and, and work with nonprofits as I've been doing for a while now, but I want to get more involved as time goes by. And who knows, you might be watching Ryan and I on another reality show sometime soon. <laughs> Ryan, how about you? What's next for you? Well, uh, well, on the show, I met Noelle Lambert. She got me connected afterwards with my cerebral palsy with running paratrack and field. And I've already competed. I'm the national long jump champion for my um, my division, my classification group. And I've already competed in uh, Paris um, in world championships for 100 meter, 400 meter, and the long jump. Um, I am leaving to go to Chile on the 14th to uh, participate in. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. The people you meet. Um, they're really accepting. They're really loving. They're really um, fun. Uh, they do not let their disability stand in the way of them getting a good laugh. And they do not let their disability get in the way of them experiencing anything. Um, I am blessed and extremely grateful to not only have that opportunity, but I'm also working with a great company for selling smartphones and things like that. That also helps with nonprofits. So if you have anything, Gio, let's connect after this because they help and they'll still send out uh, people to help with your nonprofit and get something going down here. Um, but I also want to do motivational speaking and reach more of the youth to let them know that they're not alone because they're dealing with more than any generations had to deal with ever 
They got World War Three possibly happening. They've been through a pandemic. They've had a war in the Ukraine. They have uh, all these types of things that are weighing on their minds. So I, I want to try to find a way to band together with a lot of other influencers or big personalities to let them know that, yes, the world sucks sometimes, but <laughs> it's you that are going to help make it better. And I know that's a lot, but we're here for you. <laughs> So yes. that's my goal to run real fast and to inspire the next generation. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. That's unfortunately all the time we have. Uh, we've had the pleasure of talking to Gio Bustamante and Ryan Medrano about their time on Survivor 43, covering everything from the audition process to their experiences during and after the show. Uh, we also shed a little light on the adversity they've encountered and how they overcame those challenges while also discussing the importance of diversity in reality TV and in the entertainment industry in general, and what it means to be a representation of that diversity. Gio, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, for kpcradio.com, I'm Louis Lindau. Thank you, Louis. Appreciate you. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, guys. It was amazing being All on. Right.